You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at chumpacasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumpacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Hi, I'm Steven. And I'm Brett. And we are the, the Broadway, Broadway Husbands. We're just your all-American married couple making their living in the arts and pursuing a growing family. On the Broadway Husbands podcast, we offer advice from our ordinary lives under extraordinary circumstances. We are living proof that you can love who you love and love what you do. Make sure you subscribe to our podcast so you don't miss our weekly episodes. And if you really love us, make sure you leave a review on whatever podcast network you listen to us on. Take a screenshot and tag us on Instagram at Broadway, Broadway Husbands. Husbands. Make sure to check out the Broadway Podcast Network, which we are super proud to be members of. They are doing some amazing things during this time to help support our community. You can go to broadwaypodcastnetwork.com backslash Broadway Husbands. We are excited to have someone who's very dear, dear to me because we were in The Little Mermaid together and her husband, Heidi Blickenstaff, and Nicholas Rolfing. Hello, welcome to the podcast. Hello. <laughs> Hello, my friends. How are you? We are good. How are you doing? Good, good. I mean, considering the world yeah. is doing what the world is doing, I think um, uh, we are very grateful to be healthy and our family is healthy and we are safe in New York City and um, really happy to be talking to you guys. Uh, yeah, we are so, and I want to hear all about what you guys are up to because you're doing some amazing things to help people during this time. But before we dig into that, let's just, I always think it's more interesting for people to hear you describe your, like who you are and what you do. So if you guys just tell the people listening a little bit about who you are, Nicholas, and who you are, Heidi, and then we'll get into like how you how met. met and all that good stuff. Steven, I love you're the romantic one. You're like, I want to yes. hear all the love stories. That's right. <laughs> who you are. I, the love. I love that about you. Okay, Nicholas, you go first. All right. Um, so I am an entertainment attorney in New York City, working mostly in theater, but also television and film. Um, I came out of the acting world. I started as a kid at 16 acting in in my hometown in Vero Beach, Florida. I think my first show was Tom Sawyer. And who did you play? On to Music Man. I, I don't know. What? I don't know. I was one of the kids. You know, I, I know that I started the song Painting the Fence, okay. or at least I joined. All right, all right. Painting the Fence. Uh, and then <laughs> went on to Music Man. And then I was a big star in my little teeny weeny town. 
and uh, eventually, were. eventually, when I got out of high school, moved to started working, moved to New York in 1993, and have basically been here ever since when did, but you were an actor for a really long time and then you stopped being an actor and you started being a lawyer yeah there was a moment where it was clear that I I needed to shift into something a bit more stable uh, I had, had a lot of fun had some success but then after a while as many of us do we think I need to expand my horizons and I was always kind of a pain negotiating my contracts as an actor. So I thought, oh, you know what I should do? I should go to school for several years and be a pain and get paid by people to do it. Yeah. So now, you know, I, I, I negotiate various deals for people in this business and, and I'm not really a pain, but I, but I do enjoy the business side of things. And I've been doing that. I've been practicing for about 13 years now. I have two kids who came in the middle of college and law school and, uh, and so here I am now. And he's very good at what he does. Nicholas represents me for all of my concert work. And I'm always like, you got me what? He's really good. I'm like, oh, nice, nice. Thank you for business class, Nicholas Rolfing. This is for the commercial for Nicholas Rolfing Law. That's yeah. right. Um, Nicholas That's and I actually met when, we'll get to the lovey-dovey story later, Stephen, but we actually met when Nicholas was still an actor and uh, we, it was like 25 years ago now. We were yeah. both on the national tour of the Who's Tommy. And we married other people. And then when we were no longer married to those people, we came back together. And we've now been married for a little bit more than five years. Um, but I am a, I'm an actress. I do mostly uh, theater stuff, though none of us are doing theater stuff right now. Um <laughs> I do, you know, I do, uh, I'm a hustler. I kind of, I, I do what I can. I, um, I've been lucky enough to do several Broadway shows and uh, I was incredibly lucky to create a role for Disney theatrical doing their brand new musical version of Freaky Friday and Disney Channel uh, showed some interest in that and made it into a Disney Channel original movie, a.k.a. a DCOM. At the time, I had no idea what a DCOM was called. And then I, I entered into the Disney Channel world and they were like, it's a DCOM, girl. You just got a DCOM. And I was like, all right, I'm in a DCOM. Um, anyway, so, you know, I do all kinds of things, mostly sprouting from being an actress. But um, uh, Brett, like you said, uh, Brett and I met, is it like 12 years ago now when we did yeah. Mermaid? Mm-hmm. I can't believe it. Um, 13, I think I, it was 07. It was 07, oh 13 gosh. years Brett and I clocked a lot of hours because Brett was, uh, we were both in the ensemble and Brett understudied Prince Eric and I understudied Ursula, which meant Brett and I would sit in the theater for hours and hours (laughs) at a time and just sort of like poke each other in the ribs and get to know each other better and better. And um, I'll, I'll never forget those times with you, my friend, but we also like had a lot of glitter on our bodies and, you know, I was peeing glitter for a year after that show was over. It was like Mm. in little cracks and crevices inside my, my cells. Um, but it was, you know, that was a very, um, it was a really wonderful experience to be a part of. And, um, I've made friends that I still have to this day and it's always such a huge blessing to be, to give it, to be given the, magic ticket into a Disney on Broadway show. Um, Mm -hmm. because those things just, 
live on and on and on. And I'm grateful for friends like you, Brett, that I met right at that time. So I have really strong memories of us running lines in the dressing room in Denver uh, yeah. with Merman, yeah, actually. Me oh, yeah. Rest his soul. Have you guys talked about Merwin on your show? No, at all. Yet. No. Merwin Ford. Um, you know, it's so it's so crazy. I've been thinking about Merwin so much. Merwin Ford passed away right before the stay at home order started. And um, Merwin was a stalwart uh, member of the Broadway community. And I think swung more principal roles than anybody. Merwin, I had done two shows with Merwin. Merwin stood, did he? No, he was it like Brett and I, he was an interior cover for King Triton in Mermaid. And then I also, he stood by for Nathan Lane and Adam's family and later Roger Rees. And Merwin unfortunately passed away just a few months ago. And I think about him all the time. And I think because of all of this pandemic stuff, Merwin didn't get the proper send off that I wish he mm-hmm. would have gotten. And maybe when we can all be together again, we can do something for him because he was I, truly I special. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He really was. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so we did the mermaid. You're now decom famous. <laughs> <laughs> That's also, it. Good night, everybody. You're now decom I also, famous. Do you also remember we went apartment hunting together? Like oh, we spent time right. apartment hunting at the view in Long Island. Yeah. Remember the view? Long Island City. You totally. guys were on the view. <laughs> I wish. No. Um, no, I do remember that. I totally remember that, that. and I think about that apartment building all the time. Um, and think, ah, if only that would have been, that I think that would have been a really nice place to live, but Mm -hmm. then my life kind of changed my life. My life changed very quickly. Right. Talk about that. So you reconnected after. Well, wait, let's go go back. Steven has the romantic Wait, wait, I want to know. So during the Tommy tour, (laughs) you went, you know, you went on to marry other people, you said, but yeah. You know, like, what was the interest between the two of you then? Like, what was your relationship then? And was there some maybe casual flirting or like what connection, some talking? What was it? (laughs) Well, honestly, no. no. (laughs) Although we did make out once. But officially we made out because I understudied Mrs. Walker and Nicholas understudied the lover. Lover Hawker, yeah. And lover. so yeah. we we had an understudy rehearsal where we made out. And though I was I was dating, I was dating who would soon become my first husband. And Nicholas was also dating someone. And um, so we were, you know, I'm not, I'm not the cheating type. And even though I thought Nicholas was cute, because he's incredibly handsome, which is, it's sort of like, you know, undeniable. I think he just walks down the street and everyone's like, yeah, that's a handsome guy. Um, uh, Lucky (laughs) me. Uh, But, but I was always, you know, I, I was very committed to my then boyfriend and Nicholas was too. And, but we did make out, uh, you know, for money. Because we had to. <laughs> I've never, I've never really heard it put that way. <laughs> but I do remember thinking, "Oh my God, he's a really good kisser." I do remember thinking that, and I was like, "Oh, this is amazing!" And it, and and I'm, it's, I got to be all business. But I no, remember thinking, I remember asking for extra understudy rehearsals. Was that inappropriate? <laughs> He did not. He did not. But we were, we were very, you know, we kept it professional and. um And honestly, like, even though I always thought you were a really lovely person, I think we maintained our distance. And it really wasn't until we ran into each other many years later um, 
that, uh, you know, it was so weird. I, I, up until that, the moment that we actually sat down, had a drink, I, I had heard the songs and read the greeting cards about lightning, you know, just striking you. And I always thought, oh, that's something for love songs and, and, you know, I don't know, rom-coms, but we definitely had that moment where, um, we were sitting at bin Bin 71 71. Mm -hmm. and, uh, it just totally clicked. And I had never, ever felt that with anybody before in my life. And, um, we both went home and there was no, nothing happened. And Nicholas wrote me shortly thereafter and said, am I crazy? Did you just feel that? And I was like, yeah, I felt that. And it was done. It was, it was like, literally we, yeah. we used to, uh-huh. we, it had been, we had met about 15 years before. And so when we were reconnected and, and going out and seeing people and they were asking our story, we would constantly describe it as sort of 15 years and five minutes. Cause it took us just a five minutes yeah. once we reconnected to sort of really, really get that connection. So. And it took us, um, Nicholas has two sons who are now my beautiful stepsons. Um, uh, that's our dog, Eleanor. We have her too. She's <laughs> Hi, our Eleanor. one biological child together. Um, uh, uh, what was I saying? I was saying something about five minutes. Oh, I, I, um, because of the boys, we took it slow, but I honestly would have married you within a month. And, and I would never recommend that like, to anybody. <laughs> we were also a little bit older. Yeah. We were also, I was, I was almost 40. I think I was turning 40. And, um, I don't know when, you know, you know, like a good melon, What's <laughs> that from when Harry met Sally? It's like a good, yeah, it probably is. Yeah. It probably is. Like a good melon, you know. Yeah. yeah. So I guess, Heidi, great. is it fair to say that Nicholas then sort of said, I love you first, since he texted you oh, and said, yeah. did you feel that? Is that kind well, of, or who said, I, I love you first? Who was? I think actually, I think it was me, but it wasn't right then. I mean, we had a, we had the perfect example of I love you first because it did come out of my mouth first, I think. And it was it was some time. I think we were both being pretty careful, careful yeah. because it, 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 I think the feelings happened so very yeah. fast. And I don't I think, think we were both us... just really cautious, like, gosh, is this just because, mm-hmm. you know, I'm, I'm coming out of a marriage? Is this just because whatever, let me just take it really easy. Yeah. So we, we sort of took our time a little bit, but you know, it was really words catching up to feelings. Cause yeah. I, cause, but I, I think I said it first. You know, what's weird. I don't remember. Well, that's <laughs> terrible. I remember <laughs> so many, you know, our, our relationship has always been so kind of like undeniable and, mm-hmm. um, it just always felt so right to me that we never had in my memory. I like those seminal moments that I think some couples have. I'm, I just felt I'm like just I loved you. you that night at bin 71. Yeah. You know, that that first night we re-met and like we didn't get engaged. We literally like um, something rotten was in previews and uh, and this was like five years ago. And, you know, whenever you have a splashy Broadway opening night, you invite 
everyone that that you've negotiated your tickets you you invite every, i think i had like 20 tickets that night or something yeah. which was crazy and generous and um so my parents came his mom came all my best friends like everybody was there and we knew we were going to get married and we were like 5 years into our relationship but we wanted to go slow cuz they're kids you know and it's not just it's not just about our self it's about creating a life together mm-hmm. and doing the right thing and Anyway, but by that time we it, it, we were ready, but we had never like we were just so busy we didn't like carve it out. And I said, "Well, everybody's coming. We should just do it." And my mom, I was on the phone with my mom and she was like, "You're so silly." And I was like, "Wait a minute. We should just do it because literally everybody's coming. Um, I'm super skinny right now. I look cute." <laughs> I know it's a Broadway opening, so I was pooping my pants every night because the show was being re- written and rewritten every single day. Um, anyway, so like we opened something rotten on April twenty second, and Nicholas and I got married on April twenty third, our day off from something rotten, oh, and we got Jesus. married in our backyard mm, in New York wow. City. And um, I think there were twenty people there. And it was the most perfect experience. And my stepsons made hot hot dogs and hamburgers on the grill. And uh, our my, your mom was there. My parents were there. My brother and all of our besties. And it really was really something else. Very, it was just very right. Hmm. That sounds amazing. It does sound and, amazing. And exhausting. <laughs> yeah. And exhausting. I was what? super tired. But like, uh, what was great, we planned it in six days. And all of my friends who are extraordinary mm-hmm. literally were like, I'm in charge of the cake. I'll be in charge. I'm going to help you get the dress. I'm going to be in charge of flowers. I have a signature cocktail I'm making. I'll, <laughs> like Julia Murney sent a housekeeper to my house. Brooke Shields sent me hair and makeup the morning of my wedding. Like it, literally everybody was like, I got this, I got this, I got this. And before you know it, you know, we had a barn in costumes and we created the <laughs> Heidi and Nicholas wedding show. And it was awesome. It was just so special. So special. Aww. Oh, you know, it's funny, like the, the two, like two things popped out to me is one was when we were in Denver was the first time Steven and I said, I love you when we were doing out, our out of town. So you, that was all when you and I were hanging out yeah, and, um, yeah. and we also had a really quick, like we planned our wedding. I mean, not in six days, but we planned our wedding in like two months. months. Yes. And two like, months. yeah, honestly, it's almost better to just like get it over with damn, and, damn. and not have all that oh anticipation. Gosh, yes. Yeah. 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 Right. Yeah. I, you know, my, my first wedding was, was like an epic, you know, it's the thing that I think a lot of young people do and it was a beautiful day and I'll never, I'll never, um, begrudge that, that memory. It was a beautiful, beautiful day, but it was a three ring circus. And when, when planning my wedding to Nicholas, um, I was like, I want this just to be simple. I I want it to be, you know, qu- quick and easy. I want it just to be joyful. I, I don't want to stress for one second. If it starts getting stressful, let's postpone it because there, there were some question marks as to whether or not certain important people that we really wanted there, if they could come on such short notice, mm-hmm. but they were all like, we got a great deal on a ticket. So everything just kept falling into place. And an efficient, we had to find somebody oh to actually do it. And that was, that was maybe the biggest 
Just yeah. Now. Do you guys know that to to marry people in New York City, you have to sign in this magical New York City like Harry Potter, I can marry people book? Do you know that? Mm-mm, no. Tell us you about it. You can be an efficient in the state of New York, but you also have to have a special. I don't. I don't know if it's called a license, but those of you in New York City that uh, that can marry people, you know what I'm talking about. You have to have some kind of special thing where you go down to City Hall and you get some kind of special license to marry people in New York City and you have to sign this old like Harry Potter like book and sign your name in this book that's been around for hundreds of years. And um, we had several people that we wanted to marry us and they were um, able to do it in the state of New York. And we had a friend in California who was coming who I, who I thought would be awesome, but they hadn't signed in that book. And so we were like, oh my God, oh my God, we need somebody who signed in the book. And like, so I was, that was the one thing that stressed me out. And then one of our friends who would have been invited to the wedding, she was like, oh, I've signed in that book. And we were like, guess what? You're marrying us. And so- (laughs) Not only can you come, you have to come. And now you have to come and uh, we'll help you write a ceremony, but you're going to marry us. And Kelly Novitsky, our very good friend, Kelly Novitsky married us. I know Kelly. um, yeah. You do. She's the greatest. She's rocked it out for several couples in this town. Yeah, and she's she's in she's in the Disney family too. She worked in Florida at Disney for a while, but now um, she's a high mucky muck, and now she's working in California. California, she's right? Technically, an Imagineer. Yeah. And she, she, and like he went to school. You know, she ran the School of American Ballet um, dorms or whatever. Right. Yeah. So around right. Stephen Life. Yeah. School of American yeah. Ballet. That's right. That's yeah. right. That's right. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Small world. Small world. So, Heidi, oh, go ahead. So, Nicholas, let's talk about what what a blended family is like when you you know you brought Heidi into this this unit that you have with the boys and talk about creating a blended family and what that what that experience is like and what the benefits are of just having Heidi as their stepmother. <laughs> I cuss a lot. Yeah, boy, they got a quick <laughs> how to talk like a sailor. That's uh, not true. I'm not um, proud, but I got to be mean. Well, one of the great things is that we did we did start slowly, and at the time, the boys were so we're about ten years in. So Jonah, yeah. Jonah was eight, and Malcolm was about, I guess. Yes, so I think seven. Malcolm was turning seven, and Malcolm Jonah was turning, was turning, 10, 10, turning 10. ten. Yeah, yeah. So they were a they were a young enough age where I think. Um, you know, you don't have some of the teenage angst that kids might be like, you're not my mom. I don't, you know, whatever. <laughs> and they were boys. Thank God. Because I'm such a boy's girl more than I am a girl's girl. So I was like, oh my God, thank God. Cause I think girls would have been like, you don't know how to braid hair. You don't like ribbon. <laughs> you don't like Britney mm. Spears. I no offense, Britney Spears, but like, I'm, I'm really like, I like the Avengers. I like meat and potatoes. I, you know, I like sports. I'm that girl. So I was like, yes, boys. Yeah. They, they connected really, really quickly. Remember my oldest who's, who gets fascinated by lots of really fun science things and life things. I think we were at a friend's house for Thanksgiving and there was a bee. Was the bee alive or no, not alive? No, for some reason we were out in their, in their back patio and um, there were all of the, th- these bees were dead on their steps. And Jonah was fascinated by why did all these bees die? And I was fascinated too. And that's, that was our, my very first con- conversation with Jonah. We decided to have us meet the boys 
have me meet the boys in kind of a neutral in a neutral environment. Right. So our friend, we were we were at a Thanksgiving event at her house, and and she was like, so. Jonah, Malcolm, this, I am this person. This is my husband. This is my daughter. This is Heidi. This is, you know, just sort of introduced her among a sea of other people. This person was Brooke Shields. And I I feel like we keep (laughs) dropping Brooke's name. It's so, Brooke is a friend of mine and we met during Adam's family, but Brooke was definitely. She's like a matchmaker a little bit. She was like, I know. I know. Yeah. Well, she was very integral in uh, that very first meeting with me and the boys. Matching you with the boys. Matching me with the boys. Yeah. But it was a very special meeting. And I remember Malcolm was a little more of a hard sell. And um, that first day, Joan and I instantly just like clicked and he was big mush ball, much like his father. But Malcolm, um, Malcolm was a little bit of a slower burn. And um, I remember it took a minute, which made sense to me. I was like, you take your time. But then once I got him. Yeah. I owned him. Now you would, right, you would never. <laughs> just, <yeah. laughs> he just he poked just, his head he out of his window. His yeah, we're talking about you. Yeah. <laughs> but now, you know, that was, was, well, was he seven? Malcolm now, he's he's a high school junior and he's a, a college baseball recruit. And so he's 6'2", 195. And he's like, they still, you know, he still hugs her neck and yep. he just does it from a yeah. foot taller than you. It's so gross. It's so, it, you know, it's been such a privilege because uh, I didn't have children of my own and, and to sort of hitch my wagon to to the Rolfings has been such a privilege and watching these boys grow up has been something very unexpected and, you know, a highlight of my life. And it was sure. really important to us when, when during our, our marriage ceremony, it was very important to Heidi and we did write our own uh, vows and and it was very important for Heidi to you wrote vows to them too because it wasn't just mm-hmm. about marrying me it's about yeah I wrote them I wrote them this whole thing I could barely get through it and I remember their eyes were like so big because they didn't know it was coming Aww. and um, and at the end of my little speech that I wrote I asked them if they would have me and Malcolm I remember Malcolm looking at me going like do I have a line Am now? I-, <laughs> <laughs> I was like, you can say yes or no. And he was like, uh, yes, yes. They both said yes. <laughs> that, this would be awkward if they didn't. <laughs> no, that would be weird. Yeah. That's Aww. so sweet. Aww. That is just so, you guys are, it's just so sweet. Oh. Malcolm's talking in the background. Yes, Malcolm, Malcolm found out. We surprised the kids because it happened so fast. Um, and there was just so there was such a whirlwind happening around us. Um, the kids found out that we were getting married. We picked them up at school, which was like 10 blocks away. Mm-hmm. We picked them up at school and on the walk home said, so. <laughs> <laughs> so today's going to be a little different. So this is going to be, I hope you don't have a lot of homework because we're about to have a wedding ceremony. And they were That's like, oh, you fun. guys are really weird, but okay. And you're manning the barbecue station. Yeah. By the way, you're also making hot dogs. <laughs> yeah. Right? Yeah. It was a good day. <laughs> That's so perfect. That's so fun. What an adventure. Yeah. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. 
With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Um, well, yeah. it kind of leads into your your project right now because you've got a son yes. who's a Gen, Gen Z or right? Wouldn't we say? Yeah. He's a Gen oh, Z yeah. 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 You want to talk I mean, about it? Yeah. So, so when we got to this moment, this, this pandemic moment and everything shut down, school shut down, the kids went away, they were getting ready to um, go with their mom. They split their time between the two households. And it just so happened that they left right then, you know, like a, I think the shutdown order was around the 13th of March and they left maybe the 14th or 15th. And so they were gone and it turned out they went upstate and they were gone for eight weeks. Yeah. And, it, and so we, Heidi and I were just sort of left to figure out in this new dynamic, everything shut down future work that Heidi had in the, in the hopper was gone. A lot of my Broadway show clients, you know, all of that dried up and I've been very fortunate. There's a lot of sort of pre-production things that are going on rights and stuff. So I have been very busy, but we were trying to figure out how do we, how we could help and what we could do. And we had seen, this was around about the time when the spring break was happening and there was that kid in Florida that's like, Hey man, if I get the panda, I don't care. I'm not going to invest my partying and whatever. And we were kind of fed up by that sort of attitude. And, and we had a relative. We yeah. Had- my nephew, um, who is 17 was also, um, challenging m- my brother um, who our, our dog is like tap dancing on the floor and making all <laughs> kinds of noise with her long toenails. Cause she hasn't had her toenails cut. <laughs> our hair is getting long. Her toenails oh are long. Um, everybody needs to go to the salon. Um, uh, anyway, my nephew was not minding the stay at home order. And so we were, we, and, you know, really worrying, uh, his, his dad and my parents who are, my dad is, you know, he's got COPD, like a, a lot of things. And I was like, that, that kid can't get anywhere near my parents. Um, anyway, we were troubled. We were very troubled by, um, how so many people were not, um, you know, just not being responsible for themselves, for other people. And so Nicholas had this genius idea to go ahead. Yeah. So it, 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 you know, lots of people were not minding the orders, but the kids in particular, that age group, I think they tend to feel invincible. There's some of that teenage kind of, I know what I know, which is more than you kind of energy. Mm-hmm. And, and they were learning that they could be completely asymptomatic and still carry it. So they're great little transmitters of this. And at that early time, we were like, we weren't, you know, we were trying to figure out how do we get to those kids. And so I think Heidi was making turkey chili and which was really good. And it's always good. Right. And inspirational. And so I had this idea (laughs) that I, that I thought it would be great to make a PSA where Gen Z kids tell other Gen Z kids, this is why I'm staying home. And that idea was born. And, and we I... were off to the races. And, and very quickly, we ping-ponged off of each other. And, um, 
within, I think it was like, like 11 days from Turkey Chili to when the PSA dropped. It took us 11 days to make this three minute, 20 second PSA with a production company. I had done a PBS special with uh, a few years back, um, HMS Media. We called my friends, Scott Silverstein and said, Hey, we have this idea because HMS has always been very philanthropic and very interested in social causes. And I was like, what about this? And he was like, we didn't even finish the pitch. And he was like, we're in and we couldn't believe us, believe it. And he gave us a brilliant editor, Christy fall. And we put the word out to all of our liaisons to Gen Z kids, you know, whether it was old high school professors or places where I've taught master classes or, you know, theater companies that we knew. The, yeah. The Victoria Bussert, who direct us in Tommy a million years ago, she now runs Baldwin Wallace, the theater school of Baldwin Wallace. And we called Vicki and said, what do you got for us? And it was really important to us that we get every kind of kid from every kind of stripe. And, um, you know, we got every socioeconomic kid, every color, every ability, every disability, every, uh, you name it, we got it. And um, what we ended up with was overwhelmingly, I mean, we thought we were going to get 30 kids. Um, I wrote a script, sent it out to them. They sent it back. We thought we were going to get, you know, just a handful of kids like being game for it. We got more than 300 submissions to the Dropbox. Oh, wow. We got so many, we had to lock the Dropbox. <laughs> and I had kids who knew me personally from teaching say, the Dropbox is locked. I was like, you're too late. You're too late. Sorry. There was a deadline. Learn that lesson. Um, <laughs> theater is hard. Um, but uh, we we edited edited it together with Christy Fall, who is so fantastic, and uh, we made this PSA about kids telling other kids to stay home and why they're staying home, and we're so proud of it. Like, I mean, proud of it because I do think in this time, I think we made something that hopefully will actually make a difference. Um, but also as a creative person. To have an idea for something and then collaborate on it and like get a circle of smart people together that give you advice and say, I can help with this. It was like our wedding. Um, like a ha <laughs> it went from turkey chili spark to actual PSA that is out in the world. It's called Gen Z Stay Home. You can go see it on YouTube. There's also a website, genzstayhome.org. And, we'll um, and okay, great, 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 great. Mm -hmm. Um, and it's really, it was when we first saw the rough edit of it, both of us cried and what we must've mm -hmm. watched it 40 times that day. Yeah. Yeah. It was, uh, it was really great to see all of those kids cause they were so enthusiastic and they, I got the impression and have continued to with, as we get comments on social media from those kids and, and they seemed very enthusiastic to be a part of the messaging and to and empowered to, um, right empowered to to say you know because this is a i mean people are dying this is a real serious yeah. thing and and i think they to be included in the conversation not only them speaking but them also being heard i think yeah. has has been really fun for us to watch and, yeah and we're already cooking up broadway because is our our organization our our not-for-profit that that is going to take on lots of causes 
and initiatives. One of them, our first one was Gen Z Stay Home. Our next one is Gen Z Go Vote. Uh, and and we're really proud to use these kids because they're such a great voice and they are literally <laughs> the future. Yeah. And mm-hmm. I think, you know, Nicholas dropped that really quickly, but but I think Gen Z Stay Home was the first was the was the first spark of an idea. But once Gen Z Stay Home started cooking, Nicholas and I kept talking and saying, you know, we've we've always been so inspired by the work that the Actors Fund does and Broadway Cares Equity Fights AIDS has done. And we've been close with several people on the inside of those organizations. Those are nonprofit organizations, if y'all don't know. And they're organizations in the Broadway community that have such tremendous outreach um, for a gajillion different causes, but um, specifically help the theatrical community when um, the theatrical community can't help itself. And um, I think uh, Broadway Cares Equity Fights AIDS was was first established during the AIDS crisis in the 80s. And um, anyway, I have been so proud to do work through those two organizations and have been so inspired by the people on the inside. And I think Nicholas and I have always had bones of um, philanthropy in us and really wanting to help and feeling so um, grateful for not only the platform that we have, but we're really lucky. I mean, we we are incredibly privileged to just have the lives that we have and anything that we can do to make the world a better place. I think we, we're always interested in doing this. And so Gen Z Stay Home was the first baby that hopefully Broadway, because we'll have many of, and Broadway because has actually been very mentored by BCEFA and Tom Viola there. And, um, and they're showing us how to be a good nonprofit. Um, at first, we really wanted to be a bad nonprofit, but yeah. then we decided, <laughs> okay, we'll be a good nonprofit. Um, <laughs> jokes. These are the jokes. Um, yeah. Uh, anyway, so we're we're learning every step that we go, and we're both becoming producers, and um, that's thrilling because. I never thought I'd be a producer. I've learned things I had no intention of ever learning, um, you know, but now we've got all these crazy skills and we're going to, you know, use our powers for good. So there you go. And now we're going to do Gen Z go vote. And we're really excited about that to get that generation to the polls come November. And we're also going to help them register. Cause I think it is an underseen um, demographic of human beings and under and it's uh, constantly um, coming anew, you know, these yeah. kids, you know, the last election cycle, a lot of them weren't old enough. And, and, you know, I believe we have, the we have four years of new, <laughs> brand new voters. So when does that launch? Do you know? It's yeah. a great question. That's a, that's a great question. Listen, so, stop pressuring me. So um, <laughs> Heidi right now is in the midst of doing another thing with her title of show family. We're that doing is a, getting ready to drop. Yeah, on Saturday, the, the title of show family has produced, written, performed in, and roped in all of our celebrity friends to do the title of show show virtual, wait, vine, virtual vineyard. Oh, there's so many V's. The title of show, show, vineyard theater, virtual variety show, show. There's a theme song. There's even a theme song. Um, And so we have been, we've been busy uh, writing and producing that. Um, We're getting the bones together for the Gen Z Go Vote campaign. We have a nice committee of people who are 
putting their brains on it, trying to figure out the best way to, A, I think we're going to produce another PSA, but we're also going to have kind of an on-the-ground campaign uh, to sort of help get kids registered and educate people on how and when and, and they it, can vote. It is so interesting now because when we've been talking to our friends who are very savvy in the political community, I keep saying, well, when we go to colleges and when we have a have a table set up at um, the Broadway flea market, and then I, they keep saying, Heidi, we're not <laughs> going <that's> anywhere. <laughs> we're not, all no, of yeah. this is going to have to be done from your living room. And so yeah. I have to rethink because I mean, haven't we all been in the situation where I can't, I don't know if it's the optimist in me, but I just keep thinking, Oh, well, we're going to be back. This is going to, this is going to blow. I mean, I'm not, I'm not naive. I know how serious this is, but I think I just keep thinking in a couple yeah. of months, we're all, we're all going to be also together already again. It's been and three thought, months almost. So, know. you know, yeah. know. time keeps going, you know. I know. I, I love know. how and passionate you guys are together. Like, I love the passion <laughs> that you guys, it's like the teamwork here is unbelievable. And it, it's so beautiful to see. Thanks. Oh, that's, that's very nice. We, we do have learn. a lot of energy. <laughs> we had to learn how to do that because we were really good at being married. We were, and now we have we had to add business partners to that, and we've had some amazing fights. Really good fights. <laughs> I mean, the word "fight" sort of brings <laughs> brings to it ideas that people just in their own head can think of what a fight is. We we literally argue about like what. Well, I mean, in so, well, we, we in the marriage we argue about dumb stuff. We don't we don't have big tectonic problems, but in the trying to figure out how to be business partners, we yeah. had to learn how to do that. Uh, yeah, and it was actually a great teaching opportunity to uh, Malcolm, our sixteen year old, because uh, we he Malcolm participated in a substantial, impactful way in a, one of the vignettes in this title showpiece as an editor, and so we had to very quickly say okay. This is a situation where we have a client, you know, we have title of show, there's an aesthetic that they want, they have a certain sense of humor, this is what they're going for. And so you have to come up with a, a shorthand so that you get past the feelings, the ego, all of those right. things. If you say, that's a good idea, but there's a better idea and we're going with a better idea. Like you have to kind of, and Heidi and I in our marriage had to figure out, all right, we, have, we don't have enough time to sort of right have therapy have, over this, so we have to sort of get in there because we have a lot to do. Well, you guys know because you're doing yes, you do, do all kinds of things together, <laughs> you know, business things together too. So you get it. We never you know, fight. We hard. never fight. I mean, it's we're always good. just like, "Hey, I'm Steven and I'm Brad, and we love each other." <laughs> never fight. Never. We always get never. along. But we quickly get over it. I think that that's the thing. You know, we quickly take a breath walk away, come back into the situation, reset and move forward. Well, and I think what's know? beautiful, like looking at the two of you is that you, <laughs> Nicholas, even though you're, you've not performing anymore, you still have this beautiful passion for the, for the arts and for performing. You represent people in it and, and clearly Heidi does too. And, and so you get to actually now use your passion together, which was something why that's like why, why we started a podcast. I mean, yeah. it's like the similar thing, like, we never, you never got to do things except maybe negotiate a contract, but now you get to actually create something together, which I think is really cool. Yeah, it's, it's, it is really great. I mean, I, I knew, I knew that I would never get out of this business and I feel like, you know, my impact on stage is far less than hopefully what my impact is now, because you, you're just much more versatile 
I, I feel like my career is much more versatile because, you know, I'm not I'm not just speaking somebody else's lines. I'm thinking, all right, what do I want to do? What what project mm-hmm. do I That's want cool. to work on? What? Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think I think you answered Stephen's question, which was like. You seriously, you moved through everything I had written down so seamlessly. <laughs> I was like, okay, well, they say, oh, they're, yep, yep, that's, that's the next one. Oh, no. no, it's perfect. You guys, you guys are, are awesome. <laughs> I wish we saw you more. Yeah, it's so great I to see know. you. Guys. I know mm. when this when this is over, we'll we'll go have coffee and like look Love each other you. in the eyeballs for reals. What do you guys do? What do you do socially now? Do you do like we're having a six thirty cocktail Zoom Zoom cocktail? Like what what? Yeah, are you are you like? Do you have like? How do you meet up with friends these days? Do you do what everybody's we, we, doing? We do a lot of like Zoom. We've done Zoom calls. It was my We've birthday last Zoom. week. Stephen threw this. Um, Happy birthday. Stephen threw this Star Wars theme party at his parents' house. <gasps> Wait, what? Was very cute. I walked in. <laughs> I walked in. His mom was wearing a paper Chewbacca mask. <laughs> yes. That's commitment. That's great. And That's he amazing. Playing, he started playing the theme song from the film. And <laughs> he was like, welcome to Galaxy's Edge. <laughs> Oh, hey, I was, I was trying to have fun. I was trying to make it special. You know, I was doing what that I That is so, I love that. Now, wait a minute. You, right before the pandemic started, didn't you guys go to Disney? Yes. Yeah, didn't we see pictures of you? Where, what? We were there the week that it all Disney World. Came. Disney World, yep. Yep. Yeah. You were I there when we, it all came tumbling down? Yeah. I mean, literally, we, we, I had had, his parents were celebrating their 50th wedding anniversary in Key West. And so we decided to attach a trip to Disney World to the Key West trip since we were going to be in Florida. So I took the week off from Wicked. We flew to Disney and they're like, you know, that's, that's right when they were announcing everything. And so we were riding Splash yeah. Mountain like, oh, God, and like hand sanitizing <laughs> and like, you know. And then we fly to Key West and literally as we land in Key West, they're like, Broadway's closed. So yeah. crazy. Wow. It was crazy. I remember seeing those pictures of you on your social media, and I was like, "Wait a minute, what are are people there? Was it were there a lot of people at Disney still?" Oh yeah, it wasn't as crowded as it probably would normally be because of spring break time. But um, it was, you know, it's Disney. It was it was definitely crowded, and we were definitely very cautious and very clean. We our hands like the skin was falling off our hands from washing them so much. But yeah. um, but it's going to be an interesting time to see everything rebuild. And I think you guys are going to help no. rebuild a lot of beautiful things right now. I mean, the election is so important. That is definitely yeah. the next oh my gosh. frontier for this time. Yes, for sure. For sure. So um, we want to go into a segment that yes. we call Spotlight on Love. <laughs> I feel like there should be a very strange 70s musical yeah. thing behind it. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Oh my God. I'm so directing it, a- or not directing, I'm producing a variety show right now. I, it's all at the tip of my brain. Okay, go ahead. <laughs> oh, by the way, the um, OSHA. Um, here yeah. now, this. Here, now, hear this. Now, hear this. Now, hear this. So yes. Special. Um, so good. So special. I thought so, so too. They did such a beautiful job. And, you know, it, it was lovely to see our 
our um, show fits so beautifully on them in that modular way. And we were so proud of them. And it was lovely to see the show virtually, virtually like that. And, you know, Susan Blackwell keeps saying that she, that show was completely 100% produced, directed while in quarantine because they had just started rehearsals when everybody got the stay at home order. And like most shows that, you know, were canceled at that time, that was that. And I think the OSHA kids thought that was going to be that. And then, um, they had the idea to do it virtually. And so it, in, I think six weeks, they totally reconfigured what they thought the show was going to be. And they, their parents shot them and their brothers and sisters were involved. Mm -hmm. And, and they made this entire musical from quarantine. And, um, we were so proud of them. And, um, and just like it was incredibly moving to see what they made with our material, you know, and it was a huge success, I think. So I will say, Heidi, you're just you're everywhere right now. It's amazing. <laughs> <laughs> I'm everywhere. You can't get rid of me. You're on whether every, you, whether every you want to or not. You're on every <laughs> you're on every yeah. No, it's amazing. Okay. So our spotlight and love question. Do you want to explain it? Oh uh, yeah, it's from an anonymous. It's uh, we got it in a DM on Instagram from a follower. Okay. And she wants to remain anonymous. Okay. She's asking, I am 17 and newly out of the closet. I live in a small town, so I don't know a lot of other lesbians. I have recently started meeting up with someone I met online gaming. She's in her 20s. And when my parents found out I was seeing her, they forbid it. What are some other ways I could meet more people that I could possibly date? Hmm. Oh, my gosh. You guys go first. No. I, I, <laughs> can you imagine? Can you imagine being in her shoes, a seventeen-year-old lesbian who can't leave her house, who's just like becoming the beautiful, blossoming woman that she is, and and being in that situation where I don't, I can't, I really cannot imagine being in her shoes. That is no I wonder small task. If based on her question, I wonder is it is it the fact that the the other woman was twenty, or that mm. it's a lesbian situation? Because that those That's are two question. different issues. If it's we don't like you dating a twenty year old, you should find. I- I know, think it's. I think it's the. It seems I mean, it's hard to, to tell. 20, from the yeah, question. but it seems. But what would, let's talk. Let's say. What would you say to your daughter? Let's say both. Yeah, or let's say, both. Let's say yeah. like, if if it is about them being twenty, what would you say yeah. to your teenager? I well, I will say like uh, that the online stuff and kids is always a little scary for me, and um, I, you know, there is such a um, a built in. Uh, distance and mystery with meeting people online. And when you're talking about kids, I know she's 17 and she's almost an adult, but technically she's not. Um, that The parent in me is a little bit like, I, I, I would certainly, if I were the parent of a, of a, a, a gay child or, um, you know, any child that was g- going through some kind of transition of any kind, I would feel so, um, protective of that child and so supportive of that child. So that would never be my issue. The gay thing would never be my issue, but, but the, um, stranger danger (laughs) would be my issue, (laughs) internet stranger danger. Um, so that's something that red flags for me, but 
you know, yeah, I don't you... know. I, you know, it's, it's, I don't know. I'm trying to like put it. Okay. She's my daughter and she's saying, dad, how do I, how do I meet more people? And now is a particularly difficult time to meet more people. You can kind of only meet them virtually. Um, I've always thought that meeting people through other people that you know and trust is really kind of the best way to go. Cause there's, there's sort of an, an already vetting yeah. aspect that's come but in. Maybe she feels isolated, you know, like, like who knows that if she's feeling isolated that, I can't, I can't imagine, you know, where is she from, Brett? She didn't say, just small town. No, she didn't say, she's anonymous. But what I would say, what I, my impulse is look online at those team, like the Trevor Project and like those young LGBT organizations. I bet they're doing it online support groups and and meetings online right now to help connect. That is such a great idea. The Trevor Project, for those of you, if you are not aware of it, I'm sure you guys talk about the Trevor Project all the time. They are such an amazing organization for young LGBT plus, plus, plus in this this community and beyond. And um, we actually... Um, connected our Gen Z Stay Home uh, PSA. There's on our website, there are lots of different organizations that we connect Gen Z kids to in case, you know, just resources for kids that age. And the Trevor Project was one of the resources we gave them. Um, but I think that is a great idea because, you know, I think whenever anybody is feeling isolated, the, the, one of the tricks is finding an ally, finding somebody mm-hmm. who, who is not saying no to you or, or telling you who you are is wrong, finding someone who supports who you are. And, um, the Trevor project is a perfect place. That's a great suggestion, Brett. That yeah. is a great idea because my idea was maybe you should stay home and do all of your homework if it's not done and just study. <laughs> Work on going to school. That would be my answer. Why are you worried about dating people? You should be worried yeah, about getting grades God. and getting Somebody into college. Is- <laughs> That's right. That's right. I'm glad there's a bad a practical one. Thank you, Stephen. I wanted to be progressive and awesome. I'm so glad no, you're the No, it realist. is awesome. It is awesome. Oh, my God. <laughs> stay home and do your homework. Okay. Yeah. Do you have math? <laughs> okay. So tell everyone where they can go follow you guys. What's uh, what's your Instagram handles or your where on social media are you the most active? I'm the most active, I think, on Instagram, and I'm Heidi Blick on Instagram. You can also find us Gen Z Stay Home, also Broadway because. Nicholas Rolfing Law on yeah. Instagram. Yeah, for, for all your legal questions. If anybody needs some a contract negotiated. <laughs> right, you're trying to obtain the rights to something. <laughs> but beyond that, uh, more interestingly, yeah, Broadway because Broadway because is relatively new. We have a, a pretty good website, and we're continuing to build our social media footprint as we get going. And after this thing drops with the title of show thing this Saturday, then we're going to be going full steam ahead with Gen Z Go Vote. So Broadway because hopefully is going to get bigger and bigger and. And you're going to say, you know, BCEFA, Broadway BB. Because, I mean, BBC. BB. We can't use BBC. No, we can't use BBC. <laughs> um, yeah, but, you know, Thank I'm you. everywhere. I'm obnoxious. I'm, I'm, I'm on Instagram and Facebook and Twitter. And, 
you know, like Brett Brett said, I'm everywhere. You can't get rid of me. <laughs> I'm so grateful for it because you really are both inspiring. So thank you for coming on the podcast. And yes, thank you for being here. If you ever need anything for any of the stuff you're doing, please don't. Oh, we're calling you. Oh, we're calling you. You just wait until we have Gen Z go vote in the can, we and then we're, we'll come back help. and torture you. Happy well, we help. are so grateful that you guys asked us to be a part of this, and we love you. So it's and... nice to see your faces. I know that the podcast listeners will not see your faces. But, but we're I'm seeing your faces, see your faces, which is lovely. You guys stay safe. And everyone listening, don't forget to love who you love and love what you do. Hey, it's Leslie Odom Jr. here on the Broadway Podcast Network to tell you about the RISE Theatre Directory, a program of maestro music. RISE is a national online resource designed to connect and empower backstage and administrative and creative theatre professionals from underrepresented backgrounds. If you work or aspire to work in the theater community, this can help you find your next project. And if you hire theater professionals, search the Rise Theater directory to find your next team. Create your profile now and get more information by visiting risetheater.org. That's theater with an R-E-R-I-S-E-T-H-E-A-T-R-E.org because only together we rise. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.